This episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can head to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly and get bonus content multiple times per week. Thank you to everyone who supports the show, and I look forward to meeting more of you soon. Um, okay, so Silent Hill Homecoming, uh, widely reviled, supposedly the worst in the series. Mm. Right? Good starting point. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm, I'm the lady from Rocco's Modern Life. How dare you? I mean, it's bad. Sorry, I'm joking. It is kind of bad. <laughs> well, yeah. Wait, half so joking. It's bad, but it's kind of an interesting game to talk about because it's bad. And also because of like the history that kind of gave us the game itself you know um and i also think that upon actually sitting down and playing it that it has a lot of good ideas like i think a lot of the stuff in the game i can see why they chose to do it that way it just it didn't work out you know like there's a bunch of cool ideas but there's like no cool execution yeah, I don't remember if uh, it's been if this analogy's been made, but the like the seventh generation had a lot of like a- adolescent game development. Uh huh. Like it was really trying to grow up, and uh, you know, someone had to pay the price for that, I guess. <laughs> Granted, I think it's more th- this game being bad is definitely more due to. Konami finding a development team that had never made a like traditional console or PC video game. Right. Ever. This is their first one because they probably paid them nothing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, this game was developed by Double Helix Games. Uh, it is Double Helix's first game, but the studio does have some history it's actually the result of two other studios merging together so there was the collective and shiny entertainment uh the collective seemed to have a few like you know ps1 era uh ps1 and pc games that they had worked on and shiny should be pretty well known i think to anyone who was around in the 16-bit era they did like earthworm gym games um they did mdk and wild nine on the ps1 so like they had some history and they had some experience They were both smaller studios that had kind of been shuffled around between owners and eventually got merged into Double Helix. Somehow ended up with this project, and yeah, this ended up being their first game as Double Helix. I want to go and point out, Shiny did the two Matrix games. Oh, sure. Well, they didn't do like the MMO, but like... Enter the Matrix and Path of Neo. I didn't play Path of Neo. I remember Enter the Matrix being, like, pretty tight for the time. Oh, dude. Enter the Matrix was, like, mind-blowing. But I guess the thing we don't really know is, like, who who made it into Double Helix. <laughs> right. Just because they merged doesn't mean it's the full teams that worked on any of those games. That stuff, those people change and move on and all that stuff. So it's hard to know who survived that merger slash acquisition. For sure. So, I, you know, I don't know. But, like, it seems like there's some pedigree that maybe would have 
should have theoretically allowed them to to at least make a more technically competent video game. Sure. Like nailing the Silent Hill vibe is a whole other task, but like this the the faults of this game are both in the like how well did they nail the vibe and how much of a technically decent game did they make. Right. Well, and I actually dug a little bit more into the development mm-hmm. of this game because it is something I've been interested in for a long time. Uh, so the people who worked on the second four main series Silent Hill games are generally kind of reticent to talk about it because in the late 2000s and early 2010s, there were some pretty psychotic Silent Hill fans who would like harass and stalk them and say all sorts of crazy (laughs) shit. Like if you go back and look up some of these videos, it's seriously like ISIS level shit of like people in front of flags, like screaming. It's super fucking weird. And especially about like, such a chill and niche uh series you know what i mean it's like they they probably still exist i don't think they're gone yeah i'm dude. sure they're still on that subreddit just posting like the same like see they're gonna make it they're gonna do it they're making one they're making the new one for sure yeah what is the silent hill isis is it sihis <laughs> i don't for some <laughs> reason like sihis sounds like a weird like is scaly the term for furries that are reptiles? I can't remember, but like that sounds like that's something for that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna veto that one. Sihis <laughs> actually sounds like a pretty good like uh, name for a shoegaze band. Like one word or like the like Psy, comma hiss. Yeah, I was thinking something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But okay. new gaze band, <laughs> new gaze. Yeah, my new new gaze band, not my old new gaze band. That band sucks. Um, yeah, so, like, there were a lot of psychotic fans of Silent Hill who were, like, torturing the people who worked on these games, so you can see a pretty quick decline (sighs) in, like, interviews from, like, people being excited to be like, hey, we worked on a Silent Hill game, to being like, Silent Hill, never heard of it, you know? Um, but I did a little bit of digging, and... One thing that I wasn't able to find that I read a while ago was that the writer of this game, or one of the writers on this game, I think it was Chris Valenziano, but maybe not, because he is the guy that they hired to write this game who was like a writer for TV. Like he had written some sci fi original movies, which I think explains a lot of the tone of this game, if you ask me. Um, one of the writers on this game basically went on this was a few years ago went on this weird like message board spree where they were just kind of like dishing dirt about silent hill homecoming and Mm. their take on it was basically not what i think fans had assumed which is that konami like crushed this game and the team and kept people from doing what they wanted to do but his take was kind of loosely that the development was kind of messy And so there were lots of ideas and things being thrown around, but there wasn't a lot of like guidance and things just ended up getting really weird. Um, And that's kind of how we ended up with the game we did, which makes a lot of sense to me. So for this episode, I went and dug more and tried to find more information. I couldn't find those posts, but I did find a few interviews with different people who worked on the game. The most enlightening one was an AMA with Tom Hewlett. Tom Hewlett is the guy who got the brunt of the like psychotic um, fan hatred. 
because he was, was he the, the um like the lead game designer person. N- no, he was actually the series director. Um, basically for all of that American run of Silent Hill. Uh, oh, huh. yeah. I didn't know that so, was a job. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like how like um, Iga was like the series director for Castlevania during that like Symphony of the Night and Game Boy Advance era. Like Konami seems sure, to like appoint yeah. people to do that. But so that was his job, and then his individual involvement in each game is different. So like he has a producer credit on origins i don't think he has any explicit credit on homecoming and then he has a bunch of credits on book of memories and downpour which is the last game in this little like Mm. um in the american run and so people decided that he it was his fault and decided to you know just try and ruin his life which like of course totally normal thing to do right like we've all done it um Mm, yeah yeah. Well, he's just, top of the chain, I guess. I guess he's the most he would have been the the, the face, quote unquote, of that stuff. Yeah, but once again, I so am kidding, that's and who you yeah. blame? <laughs> I'm kidding, and fuck mm. people who did that. But anyway, he had a lot to say in various interviews, and he did like an AMA on Reddit. And what he said that I thought was really interesting was basically that. Konami decided they were going to go this route, which is that they're going to not have the games developed in Japan anymore. They were going to find different Western developers to work on these games. And once they made that decision, they kind of just like relinquished control to Konami America. And so I guess that like with most of the games, but especially with Homecoming, it was kind of just chaos. Like, it doesn't seem like there was a lot of direction coming from the top. It doesn't seem like there were things like style guides or continuity that they were asked to respect at all. Um, and I guess the bits of continuity that appear in the game are largely from people like Tom Hewlett, like writing them into the game or correcting little things like, okay, well, you kind of have to respect that you're part of a larger like continuity and series. But yeah, it was kind of just chaos. And so these studios were sort of allowed to do whatever they want, which didn't end up being a good thing, especially in the case of Double Helix, because they had so little experience working on this console. They had no experience working with the series or in this genre explicitly. And so they kind of just ended up uh, making a little mess of things. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if the like the decision to give it to an American or like a Western team or set series of teams is because of all of the Eastern or Western like media influence on the original games. Like how much stuff team silent wanted to like pull from that was Western that they thought it would be better served like in the hands of people who made quote unquote, who made that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, like they would they would understand Twin Peaks in a way that like Japanese people couldn't at the time. Yeah, Not that, that makes any sense. But like, I don't you just got to wonder why, because uh, ostensibly there's a Japanese development team that's just cheap that you can throw things at to make and you don't have to outsource it specifically to Western devs. But I don't know if maybe gaming was seeing like a really big boom in the West yeah and like there's a broader market here for stuff like i feel like japan is at least in that time was more niche 
with what they wanted or what people like really bought in like huge numbers and in America it was a little more spread out. Well, it's pretty easy to see that there was a huge pivot happening towards western gaming at this time. Like I've talked about we've talked about before on the show that this wasn't the only company to do this. Um, Capcom also leaned into this a lot and other Japanese publishers did the same thing. Um, the writing was kind of on the wall once the like next gen consoles launched. Like the 360 was hugely popular. All the like big uh, marquee titles on that console were Western developed. It seemed like it was a pretty radical shift from like kind of the heyday of the PS2 to the heyday of the seventh gen consoles. So it does seem to me that it was mostly motivated by that. Silent Hill also historically was a franchise that Konami created because they wanted um, games that would be successful specifically in the West. So like as much as the original run, you know, the aesthetic and the influences they were drawing from can just be chalked up to like creative artistry. There was also like an edict from above that said, like, make a game that Westerners will like make a game that will be popular in America. So I think that shift isn't surprising at all. The people they chose to do it, uh, that is a surprising choice, like because every team that worked on these games is it was just kind of an odd pick, you know. Climax is the studio that ended up developing two of the games, which was um, Origins, which is just okay, and Shattered Memories, which I think is actually a fantastic game and I want to talk about at some point. Um, And then, you know, Homecoming was developed by Double Helix, and then Downpour was developed by a different um, European team. And, like, none of these studios have, like, a long history with horror None of them seem to be like obvious choices as devs for this kind of game. To me, it kind of feels like the Super Mario Brothers movie, like when basically (laughs) two guys who had had a bunch of experience in Hollywood kind of charmed Nintendo into giving them the license and just sort of, once again, made a mess of it. Like, I feel like that's definitely what happened with Homecoming and with the other games to varying degrees. Like, I do think Climax ended up making some cool games that are respectful of Silent Hill. But even their original pitch, which I think we talked about in the Silent Hill uh, Origins episode, their original pitch was not so dissimilar from Homecoming, where it was going to be like a big action game. And then, you know, somebody had to step in and be like, what the fuck are you doing? And make Origins, which is literally just like a Silent Hill clone. You know what I mean? It's like a Silent Hills-like Big, big itch.io. I just made this game. I made a game, but like changed all the character names. Yeah. And it's it's just one of those. Which is, I guess, better than making just a dog shit video game. I have no problem with just playing a game that's like a reskin as long as it's fun to play. Yeah, no, for sure. Sorry, Clovis just locked up and started making the most fucked up noise at me. She was going, she's like, she sounded really scratchy. Like she'd been like, I don't know, dude, smoking. uh, Making those grudge noises. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) fucking creep. Well, that's, you're doing the what's up um, scary movie. Uh, uh, That's what you did. I do like that bit. Yeah, good bit. That's a great bit. The timeless (laughs) shit. I hope that's in like the, um, 
They should launch another one of those golden records into space and put that on the like the, oh, the yeah. Budweiser like or whatever to, you know. Whatever. Just any of that like ah like that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um Silent Hill Homecoming. Uh the premise here, kind of like I hinted at earlier, is not terrible, right? So like from a gameplay standpoint, the idea is that they were going to make a Silent Hill game that plays like a modern third-person action game. It's got a pretty tight follow camera. It's got combat that surprisingly feels a lot like Dark Souls, um, but also kind of feels like pretty much any third-person action game, right? Like it's not so dissimilar from uh, Gears of War or Alan Wake in terms of how it controls. Yeah, this was the start of that like which I think we may have talked about in that seventh gen episode of like the unified control scheme. Right. Which is, I still think a, a good thing. Ultimately, like you want, you don't want people to spend an hour figuring out how to play your game. You want to just put the thing in their hands and they kind of already know what to do. Yeah, for sure. So it, it's, you know, it's good in that regard. There is at least no, like, why is the menu button, the confirm button on this game or whatever? Right. Everything just at least makes sense in your brain once you get it in your hands. Now, whether or not you think it feels good to control is probably a mileage definitely varies on that one. Yeah, for sure. But it definitely makes sense to pick up and play. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, third person action game. And uh, yeah, what they did with the combat is also a bit interesting. Like it is slow and methodical and it's supposed to be very like block and parry focused. So yeah, it controls like Gears of War, but you're not a commando. I think that well, is... Well, you, you are. Well, you, you are literally a soldier, but you're home, you know, you don't have a machine gun or anything. Uh, and I think that's an interesting choice because if you're going to make a combat-heavy Silent Hill game, it does still need to feel slow and deliberate. I think, like, that's a problem with Silent Hill 4 that I've talked about, that we've talked about, that, like... They just kind of loaded it up with combat without really changing anything mm-hmm. about how the game plays, and the game really, really suffers for it. It just feels like a slog, like an endless hallway of just like creepy crawlers that you're bashing with pipes. It's not mm-hmm. very fun to play. This game, they at least put some thought into the combat. So, you know, there is a lot of combat, but there's also like the way you're supposed to do it, you know, like with blocking and parrying and how you're supposed to gauge enemies and yeah you have a dodge roll also so technically it's a souls like <laughs> so that's kind of fun um yeah me. i like by my recollection four i think had more combat than this game does they're about or on just par. like sheer yeah. number of enemies in an area that maybe depending on the area but i just i remember we're <laughs> doing a lot of a pipe swinging and four. Yeah, they're surprisingly and, on like bar. I respect the decision to like try to do something with the combat because they all have combat. Right. Every Silent Hill game before the American ones had some focus on combat, and it's you know I think in the modern day most people would ask the question: Does it need combat, or are we going to put combat in this new Silent Hill game or whatever? Right. I think the answer would be no from pretty much everyone. But yeah. at this point in that generation, that wasn't going to happen. So it's a smart move to try to fix it. 
Right. But uh, like once you get to like the enemies that like block and stuff, uh-huh. it starts to get a little it can get like tedious. Okay, yeah. So let's let's talk about the combat. It's horrible. It's horrible. Like I get what they were trying to do, like you said. And that's once again, I the first enemy encounter is like, oh, it's a pretty good idea. Like, I think a Silent Hill game that's third person with sort of soulsy, slow, deliberate combat actually sounds pretty cool. If they announce that tomorrow, I wouldn't be mad at it. You know what I mean? But like, the block doesn't <laughs> work. Probably would though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm. Yeah. Once again, I'm not part of the Silent Hill ISIS organization that we have yet to name. Um, mm. We'll get there by Submit the end. Submit your your uh, guesses for the Silent Hill <laughs> terrorist cell name. <laughs> it's real, man. It happened. Um, well, if you are part of that terrorist cell, um, let us know what your name is. Well, anonymously, you, you can tell Justin. You can't contact me because I can't have any terrorists <laughs> contacting me. That doesn't go so well for me. So you can keep to yourself. I'm not a terrorist. I love. <laughs> You'll America. get put on a watch list if they contact you. <laughs> yeah, I love America. I love freedom only as much as is appropriate, um, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, please don't jail me. Um, but yeah, like it's a it's a decent idea, but. In this game, the combat is horrible. Um, the blocking is broken. The dodge is broken. Uh, every encounter is either over in less than a second because you can like spam certain weapons really fast and like win, or it will literally take three minutes to kill one enemy because they'll just continually block. And like, even like once again, the logic. So, I, I've been playing a lot of Souls games. I think I talked about it on here once or twice. Um, and like the logic behind a super basic souls encounter where it's like, okay, guys blocking, let me either get behind him or just try and hit him at the right time. It doesn't work in this game. Cause if you try and sidestep or roll, you're probably going to get stabbed. Like once you get out of the very first area of the game where all the enemies are really weak, you're just getting stabbed by like guys with knife arms constantly. And it's super, super frustrating. Like it just does not work. Well, I think the, I think if I remember correctly, and this is a thing you probably just didn't commit to and didn't play the game long enough to figure out is every enemy and not every enemy, but like half the enemies kind of have like a specific weapon you have to use against them that it's yeah. like almost unviable to use anything but a like specific weapon yeah and then you have to figure out what the pattern is to like actually fight them yeah but it doesn't really explain that at any point and uh-huh. even if you start to get a grasp on how that's supposed to work there's just there's a floatiness and a like an in imprecision is that a word imprecise yeah. to to how you interact with them in a fight. And like sometimes the camera angle just changes. So you're looking at like 60% of your character while you're trying <laughs> to fight something. Uh-huh. And you, that just is another layer on top of the like, how the fuck do I fight this guy? Like, yeah. puzzle. Well, so it's not yeah. the best. It's just not a good system. But I see what they were like trying to do. Yeah. It's just not fun or good. Well, yeah, and, like, I played enough of the game to get to the point you're talking about, and, like, I had that experience, and even that was just really frustrating because, yeah, like, give me a clue, number one. Number two, 
give me a quick weapon select then like there isn't and the menu system is so fucking janky in this game like Mm -hmm. (laughs) for some reason they decided to map they give you two menus they have a weapon and an inventory menu they're mapped to lb and rb what the fuck Mm. and they're like Mm, tasty i like it honestly (laughs) no it's horrible and then everything is like maps to face buttons like once you pull it up so like you can override it with the directional that's weird yeah yeah it's so clumsy and it's such a poor like utilization of the buttons on the controller that like i never got used to it and yeah so it's like if you are a Silent Hill vet, if you've played the other games, if you're a veteran of Silent Hill combat, not a Silent Hill terrorist, the, you know, the ones on the right side of history, uh, you have gotten used to probably like getting a new weapon and assuming it's stronger than your old weapon with a few notable exceptions, like how the pipe in Silent Hill 2 is super broken and you can play the whole game with it. Like in this game, you get a new weapon and the game is constantly asking you to cycle through weapons. So that is what it is but if you're gonna make cycling through weapons like physically painful then like what the fuck dude why was that choice made i don't know how much more painful it is than the classic pause menu you like especially for silent hill 4 where you have weapon durability and all that stuff where you're just like over to like get to your your golf your third golf club that isn't (laughs) quite broken yet you know like you know, I you, I guess you take what you can get in Silent right. Hill. Um, <laughs> I like yeah. it. Feels like the game, like their budget, kept them from having actual play testers, mm. or like maybe they just weren't a big enough like studio to have a devoted department for that or whatever. Because I yeah. feel like anyone would have been like, this seems, eh, this is eh. Yeah, because like it's big. We built this system from the ground up and we've been so embedded in it that it doesn't feel strange to us. It feels normal, right? There's plenty of games where, you know, you put the controller in your hands and you're like, who thinks this is normal? And then you go to the (laughs) menu and you find like the fourth control scheme. That's like normal. Yeah. Yeah. This game doesn't really have that, though. You're kind of kind of locked into. Yeah. To their weird, like, it's like Death Stranding with your arms tied to the triggers for balancing, but, like, less fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's really odd, and it's a really odd choice. And, you know, I think comparing it to Silent Hill 4 is fair, because, like, it has a lot of the same problems as Silent Hill 4, right? Because, like, not only is the combat clunky, and most of the decisions related to combat and inventory management are terrible... But the game is also loaded with combat. Like, it Mm -hmm. becomes the main thing that you do in the game very quickly. And I think that's a choice, too, that is just so bad in a Silent Hill game. Like, I think that it's easy to take for granted that, like you said, every Silent Hill game has combat. But when you compare, like, 1, 2, and 3 to all the rest of the games you realize that centering the game on combat really does a disservice to like the things that actually make a silent hill game good and mm-hmm. worth your time. Yeah. Right. Cause like the storytelling in these games I've critiqued roundly and like, I love some of it. I hate some of it, but the reason it works is that it's a mix of traditional things like cutscenes and notes with a ton of environmental storytelling, a ton of negative space, 
a ton of like moments where you get to just sort of take in the world or notice small details on your own without the game being like, Hey, look here, you know? And I think that that's so central to like a good silent Hill experience. And the more you start to load the game up with combat, the less time you have to actually do those cool, subtle things. And this game has no subtlety, like none at all. Zero. <laughs> yeah, you know? Not really. And that's kind uh, of why I think when people say it's the worst Silent Hill game, it's like, sure, you could argue or whatever. But it's like, I think for that reason alone, it's like, yeah, it's the Silent Hill game that gets what a Silent Hill game is the least. You know what I mean? I mean, like, like you said, the combat is always the thing that pulls you out of these games. And it's never the thing you remember, aside from, like, it's just how constant it is in four. Right. Like people kind of remember that, but usually when you think of like a, well, I guess we'll say first wave Silent Hill game, like you think of, you think of running through the town, and when you think of running through the town, you don't think about how every block and a half your radio goes off, and you're like, where is it? Where's the thing? Where's the three things? Or yeah. Whatever. You remember wandering. You remember getting into an apartment building, and it's spooky and quiet. And yeah, like once or twice per floor, there's a thing you got to fight. You know, you maybe you go into your third room and there's a thing you fight, but those are short and you go back to, you know, everything being quiet and creepy. And those are, that's what you remember. Right. So like, I, I think you could knock almost every Silent Hill game for the combat at some point. I never really enjoyed any of the combat in them. Right. But at least... Like, maybe in three, there's just such a, like, I'm sick of this out of Heather constantly that, like, beating the shit out of stuff kind of feels thematically appropriate. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a little better in that game, and I'll accept it. But in most of the games, I'm like, I hate all of this. Yeah. This is not why I'm here. So it's For just, sure. like, playing this game and going through the same thing again, but just in a completely different way. It... it it still feels like Silent Hill in a very strange, like maybe Stockholm Syndrome kind of way. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, no, this is fine. Like the bar's on fire. This is fine. Yeah. Dot meme type <laughs> yeah. thing. Well, the thing I will say about this game is that it is significantly more difficult and relentless. Like I found the combat to be super brutal and when I got to the point in the game where I stopped playing, I stopped playing for technical reasons, but I was <laughs> about to stop playing just for gameplay reasons anyway. Because it was like, well, I have no like ammo, I have no health items, I'm doing horribly, I can't figure out this combat, like... I don't know how much longer I can play. Like I quit the game like three times and I was just like, I don't know how much more I can even play. And I'll say that even for as shit as the combat is in four and how questionable it is in all the previous games to that, even like the combat in this game is such a, it's just such a chore, like more than any yeah. other Silent Hill game. Well, I am going to call you out. Um, you ran out of ammo so fast because you shot the uh, the glowy spitty boys at the wrong time. <laughs> well, even that, though, it's like they showed me the glowing weak spot and I was like, cool, I'll shoot it. And then it showed me a different glowing weak spot that was bigger. And I was just <laughs> no, like, there's a what? Yeah. Well, there's only one correct glowy weak spot, I think. Well, but, right. yeah, I see what you mean. 
they came out the gate glowing. You know what I mean? What am I supposed yeah. to think? Well, they don't, and they don't really fully. I, I guess it's like supposed to be telegraphed. You know, maybe that's a thing they shouldn't overtly tell you, but they don't tell you anything. So you're yeah. you're you're still within your rights to be mad at what's happening to you, dude. The animations are bad. Mm-hmm. They're really yeah, bad. I, I don't know if that was like, you know, influenced by some of the older games designs coupled with how the movie kind of really went in for the, um, the like, uh, there's definitely a like, where's Monica? I need that film school knowledge that like the, the, the technique where it's like, it's not a lower frame rate. It's, I think it's that thing where it's actually a faster frame rate, but then they have speed it. So it looks all fucked up. Yeah. Like it's that kind of thing. Like it, it, I can't tell if they were chasing that vibe or it's just so fucking jankily made that it just kind of looks that way. I think it's just kind of janky. Like I see what you're saying where like they could have gone for that, like a dropped frames look and made everything kind of yeah look weird and unnatural but i think they were just trying to make big monsters that had really you know cool exaggerated animations but mm. the animations they made mm. just suck and the the monsters are all <laughs> also too big like the yeah the level yeah. design in this game is really cramped like you feel really cramped because of where the character is and how things are set up, but it's made worse by the fact that the monsters have really long limbs. They have a lot of knife feet <laughs> that they can like, you know, that, yeah. poke you with. And so like you're in these narrow hallways getting these knives swung at you and it's just incredibly hard to read. And yeah, like you said earlier, a lot of times because of that combination, the camera gets wedged in a weird place. And so you're like, okay, let me see. Okay, I'm watching for this guy's right hook, but then like all you can see is his elbow. And you're like, okay, all right. Well, I guess I'm not watching for that anymore. I'm just taking damage, you know? Yeah, I guess you got to blame the the move into the seventh chin and having all that like extra power and everyone wanting to make bigger stuff, which everything's big. We're talking Resident Evil 5 scale stuff, scale uh-huh. issues. Everything's <laughs> literally too big for the people. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But like, it's that thing where instead of everything's human-sized with the occasional exception, maybe because of technological limitations, now they're like, well, we can make a lot of these average enemies bigger, and then we can make the bosses fucking like Dark Souls bosses or whatever. Which is a choice it's i don't know if it was the right choice i think a lot of the monster designs are at least kind of neat with the the exception of the the blade arm spider thing like i think that's like kind of pedestrian but i think there's a lot of decent like design choices in there that seem at least a little informed by like the series legacy at least from like a concept art perspective because I yeah. think like the concept art for the old games versus what actually got made was fairly different, just based on what was possible on those consoles. Right. But in this, there was a little more freedom to actually realize some of that. So some of those, some of that design ideology, I think at least carried over, which is kind of cool. At yeah. least sort of makes it feel like maybe this game belongs in that that shared universe, quote unquote, if we want to call it that. Silent yeah. Hill Cinematic Universe. 
Well, yeah. So there's definitely a huge influence from the movie. Uh, And that too. Yeah. I think that's where I see most of the visual stuff coming from. Like definitely the people who made this are fans of the old games. Definitely. They, you know, had some resources to look at and things to consider. So yeah, some of the monsters look like continuations of things you would have seen in older games but to me i didn't really see that as much as i saw them just pulling stuff straight from the movie it's actually to the point where i think that this game would have been better as silent hill the movie the game uh i think which is funny because i think the legacy of these of that studio before they became double helix and then kind of their legacy after yeah really really lends itself to like making making a licensed game and i don't mean that necessarily as a disc because there have been you know a number of decent licensed games but you know like those matrix games were pretty good video games like you can make a licensed game that's tight and they said i think somewhere it's been said that that was part of their their thing was kind of basing I don't or I don't know if like Konami pushed them to base it off the movie more because they were trying to you know so people would see it and be like that movie you know yeah and not be like oh it's another Silent Hill game like they were trying to make that push or if the dev team was like well we got a lot of inspo from the movie clearly the nurses are just from the movie well there's a ton of stuff from the movie I mean the whole look yeah. and the whole look and feel of it is is pulled from the movie i mean some yeah. of the monsters like the guys with the glowing chests look oh, that's exact- just from the movie yeah, yeah that's because those are kind of ripped the from the like first thing you encounter in two uh-huh like the one in the movie is like a play on that thing right that they like kind of heavily or somewhat modified and yeah then the game just took that thing like wholesale yeah, and then like there are multiple extended homages to the movie. So like there mm-hmm. is a section in a hotel that is full of references to the movie, like you cutting a painting mm-hmm. and walking through it. The scene where Pyramid Head shows up, which also Pyramid Head shows up for no fucking reason. That's straight out I mean, of the look, movie okay. playbook. I'm cool with that. I don't that's the one thing I'm just going to I guess I'll be a freak about is like the whole well he's a manifestation of James's subcon like I don't give a shit man he looks cool yeah. put him in the game it's fine <laughs> I think it rocks because I know every motherfucker on Reddit that's like well you can't put Pyramid Head in anything he can only be in two right it's like I know you guys watch all the Marvel movies don't don't, don't <laughs> with me yeah Pyramid Head rocks put him in as many games as you want I say well okay. I agree with you there, but the scene that he shows up in this game is basically just like the low-budget sci-fi channel recreation of the scene where yeah. he shows up from the movie, and it is why honestly, he shows up then is weird. It's funny, like it's not that I hated like, it or that I was clutching yeah. my my Silent Hill pearls. It was just like this is funny. Like I actually laughed, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is good." Well, it's literally like you're just bebopping along, and like the hallway starts glowing red, and he just shows the fuck up. And I'm like, "Why yeah. is he here?" Yeah. Well, like what yeah. what prompted this this event? Because you've already been getting chased by the knife spiders for like ten minutes. Uh huh. And they seem like they're doing a decent job. What? Why is Pyramid Head here? Yeah. Well, for sure. And 
When you go even further into the game, you see that they're pulling more and more things from the movie, but the stuff that they're pulling never enriches like the game that they're making. Yeah. It's like everything they pull in makes the game weirder and more confusing and dumber. So it's like, I I love the Silent Hill movie. I've gone on record multiple times oh, yeah, defending baby. it. Yeah, I mean, the Classic Silent Hill- film. The Silent Hill movie rocks, and I think the narrative of the Silent Hill movie works really well because it's super pared down. I get that that's why a lot of like Silent Hill diehards don't like it because they just like really cut everything down so that it would fit into one relatively mm-hmm. coherent movie. Um, but like that's why that story works, and that's why it's so ironic in a way that this game decided to be heavily influenced by that movie but instead of making a story that's pared down and coherent or a game that is like you know has a unity of purpose and is coherent they made like a crazy incoherent mess and a lot of that is because they kept pulling things from the movie so yeah like that whole hotel segment is the weirdest fucking thing when you get past it it all feels like a non sequitur because then you're back onto the main quest but the main quest is also heavily influenced by the movie in two really weird ways Number one is that they put a giant group of cultists that appear in the game as like large groups of people, which is like very unsilent hill. And like I was fine with it yeah. in the movie, but to see it in a game, it's super weird and jarring. And you're just like, no, that doesn't work. But the other thing is the late game turn to torture porn, like just straight up like Eli Roth style, like drill to head scenes that happen like. Which was also. That that was that era, right? What oh, year did this yeah. game come out? 2008, 2008 baby. 2009. You yeah, ain't gotta look that peak. shit. That was peak fucking like. Yeah. Yeah. God, I hate Eli Roth. Jesus oh yeah. Christ. Fuck him. I'm Fuck torture porn. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's so fucking whack. But like, it's even weirder to see it in this game because, like everything else, it pulls from you know pop culture or the Silent Hill movie or whatever. Like. It just kind of hot glues it onto the game without any sort of like purpose or elegance. And so like when you get to the actual like end of the game story, they're back on to the main point of the story, which is like your main character's past trauma. But like you've also been like fighting rando monsters and dealing with cultists and having all this like torture porn scenes for no fucking reason. And so like when they they try to hit you with actually three different twists at the end of the story and it's all like what are you doing? Like what the fuck are you doing, man? Like it's just it's crazy. And so I do wish that they would have just made a game of the movie cuz I think they could have probably done a better job at that and just make something simpler. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't want to play devil's advocate too much for this game, but I got to imagine there's just some amount of it's a newly formed team that's like barely had time to figure out how to work with one another. And then you've got Konami, who is probably simultaneously like, here's the least amount of money we could ever give you to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Also change this change this no you need to do that you have to do it this way or like we're gonna take all your money you know well like, yeah. i've got to assume as much as konami like doesn't care about anything and didn't even care back then they were still hounding them to do things a certain way and i'm sure it 
I like I don't envy like big game developers. I'm sure it's a pain in the ass to be handed a license like that. Yeah. And not like you're not making a passion project. You are you're doing something that hopefully you do at least care about doing as your job, but like under somebody else's supervision who's probably not yeah. the best person to work under. And I'm sure it's a fucking mess. And like I feel like there's enough kernels of decent ideas and just some things in the game that are pretty good that like if they would have just been allowed to make a video game it would have been fine it would have been a fine video game yeah but they probably had a bunch of shit working against them here which you know we got a product that kind of honks so that's just what we're here to talk about but <laughs> i feel i feel like most people critical of the game just never take into consideration how awful it must have been to make this game Oh, for or sure. any of the any of them, like it's a miracle that we got a couple of okay ones out of the deal. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that the point about money is a really fair supposition, you know, because like another thing I read when I was looking up those interviews with the series producer was basically that a lot of people were very interested in making a Silent Hill game. There were a lot of teams vying for the license, but. They ended up giving it to these really small studios and in this case a really green studio and it seems like price must have been a factor like it must have just been like yo we'll do this for so 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 fucking cheap and that that is what excites konami like this was the era where konami Uh i mean konami's always been shitheads and this is where they totally turned to the dark side and started to get the rep that they have today and it's all over money is that they don't want to invest in creative people they don't want to invest in creativity or good ideas they just want to spend the least amount of money and get the most amount of money back to a degree that's like just like purely sociopathic you know like i just described every corporation but the way that they do it is like insane you know and it goes against the wishes of their employees the wishes of their fans Mm -hmm. it's like a lose 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 and nobody's happy so I definitely imagine that that was a thing. And yeah, it would suck to be a new studio that takes on this huge IP and has the weight of all this stuff. And like I said earlier, it really seemed like they had no guidance. Like I really imagine like, or I started to imagine while I was doing this research, like how different it would have been if they had had a strong guiding hand, if they had gotten a style guide, if there had been all this Mm -hmm. stuff that was like, okay, this needs to be this way. It would have been a totally different game because you can tell here that they were just like floating in space and just trying to make the best of it. Oh, yeah. There's everything is kind of a disjointed piece that got glued together. Yeah. You know, but I guess the one, I guess the only guiding force that they would have had that like helped a little is that all the music's still Yamaoka music. Yeah, for sure. Which I think he scored one, he did Origins, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. He he did a little for for this era of stuff, and I think that not to just turn this into a Silent Hill Five or whatever you want to call it soundtrack discussion, but I actually think that that's it's one of the the better ones as like a as like a cohesive like work of music. I think it's like four and five are my favorite ones. Oh wow! Okay, tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> like three, three does rock. Yeah, like three is like I would maybe say that three is objectively better than one of those possibly on like that metric. But for me personally, four and five usually take it. Like I think five is the most contemporary one. 
while yeah. still keeping some of the just like trash can noises. Uh-huh. <laughs> like there's still a little bit of that, but it when you listen to it, it is it's like if he somehow got contracted to make commercial like television commercial music. And he, like it would be this, and then they'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh-huh. <laughs> and they and they would just throw it in the garbage. Yeah, I think I think it is good. Yeah, for sure. No, the game is a great soundtrack. It's a a real Yamoka soundtrack, and he did the soundtrack, uh, the soundtracks for all of the Western developed stuff, except I think the last one, Downpour, does not have mm-hmm. a Yamoka soundtrack. Say um, it. I know what you're gonna say. Say it. What? <laughs> Oh, you know it's got the, it's got the Jonathan the, Davis yeah. song. Yeah, it's got a song by Jonathan Davis of Corn. Uh, yeah, it's awesome, dude. God. Fucking rocks. <laughs> oh, that rocks. Like, I wish. <laughs> I wish uh, that game was easier to play, just so I could beat it and hear that song over the end credits. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, come on. Is that on PC? No, it's not. It's PS3. Okay. Exclusive, I think. Maybe 360. No, it's on. No, it's probably on 360. It has to be. Mm. Oh, so maybe it's backwards compatible or something, but um, I can't play it right now, and I'm bummed. But yeah, so all those games have real Yamaoka soundtracks, which is awesome. Definitely lends it an air of legitimacy. And yeah, this soundtrack is really interesting because it's super clean and it's super hi-fi compared to his older stuff. And yeah, like you said, it's much more contemporary. It also, once again, gives it a similar vibe to the music in the movie. Uh, You know, the music in the movie was basically slightly re-recorded and remixed versions of the songs from the game. Sounds like they just got the master recordings and added some more orchestration, re-recorded certain instruments. I think it's exclusively stuff from one and two. Yeah, uh, th- one and one through three. There's some songs from Silent Hill oh, okay. in it too. Yeah, yeah. Like it has the vibe, the same vibe as the music in the movie. Um, it's very like lush and hi-fi and nice to listen to. Complements the game really well. Uh, I think it also complements some of the areas really well. Like they did nail yeah. the like visual design of Silent Hill in some areas. I think the indoor areas in this game are kind of bland in my opinion i don't think they have the mm-hmm. same they don't have that yeah, same sure. like super dark and ominous feel as the indoor areas from two or three and they're too big they're just too like there's i guess it's a choice for for camera like maybe they just didn't know how to make us like a tiny space work with the camera yeah like the camera system like maybe that's yeah. just a thing we don't understand as not game developers but maybe it's really hard to do even the tank control camera thing like a silent hill 2 for instance in a tiny space Maybe well, that's just really yeah. difficult to nail down. And they were like, we can't do this without making the areas bigger. We just don't know how. Because it's like you go into like the, the town hall building and it's just like too big. All the textures look the same. It, it looks like you're in like a prototype room mm-hmm. without textures almost. Yeah. And it just sure. feels like barren. But, you know classically the environments are a little smaller in silent hill or at least like the, the smaller court corridors and yeah stuff. for sure so it's tighter it's easier to make it like gross and dark and like cluttered yeah totally but when you make it real big it's harder to do that yeah for sure one thing i thought about a lot while i was playing this game was that the camera work in the original three games is like super sophisticated and super good like it's good enough that when they made the movie, they just cribbed a bunch of the shots yeah. straight from the game, right? And 
it's one thing that also immediately elevated this series above its competitors. Like when the first Silent Hill came out, the fact that it had this super amazing camera work made it seem super, super, super far ahead when compared to like Resident Evil, which was still very much like super traditional fixed camera, right? And I think that the way that they did that is obvious. Like they used a combination of a follow camera and um, a fixed angle camera. So like it's usually a follow camera, but then when you approach something interesting or you go indoors or something, it might switch to a fixed angle for you to kind of get a certain frame on a scene. But one thing I noticed when I was playing this game is that even the follow camera, like especially in Silent Hill 2 and 3, is really, really sophisticated, like for lack of a better term. You know, it's kind of got like its own AI almost, like it kind of moves on its own in a weird way, which is cool. Yeah, and like there are some really striking scenes in Silent Hill 2 that are set in super narrow hallways where your character will be running and instead of being a normal follow cam, it'll kind of like pan out to this super bizarre angle that's, it's like above pointing down slightly, but it's also askew. So it makes the hallway look really long and ominous, but it also gives you like a really clear point of view if like an enemy comes at you. So things like that really, to me, like define the visuals of those games. And I think in this game, sticking with just like a super standard third person action follow camera totally robs it of those moments. And it makes it so that, yeah, the level design feels really weird and awkward and just like out of scale because the camera's not doing any of that like super cool, weird stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is a big difference between those old games and this game. So even though there are moments of nice design and nice visuals, the fact that it's not framed correctly just makes it feel weird yeah. and bland. You you are just kind of like witnessing a you like a like a like a just a camera fo- like tripod YouTube video or something when you're when you're running around in this game. I think yeah. you could probably spend hours talking about why all of that is because I have to imagine for the first first wave Silent Hill games, part of that is like they have an artistic vision, but the other part has to be there. There's some technological aspect to it with those consoles of the time. There's a, how much does it cost to make a game? Like how, how many copies does your publisher think you're going to sell? sort of thing like there's a money aspect to it right because between you know the sixth generation was the last at least when you think of like traditional you know normal market like console video games sixth generation was the last one where just like kooky shit happened like people made anything everything was given a shot right then seventh gen is where it started being a little more formulaic a little more you need to make this as cost effective as possible Right. So everyone's using the same control scheme. They're just using assets. Everything's the same engine, you know, whatever kind of stuff. Right. And you lose out on some of that like artistic vision and like ingenuity. Sure. Cause you know, it's, it's the fog thing of like, well, we have this like it shitty draw distance problem that prevents us from like really making this game the way we envisioned it. Right. And then someone's like, well, do the fog 
do this. <laughs> and then everyone's like, holy shit, this works. This is it. We found a baby. Yeah. Like you don't have to do that anymore. You just, you can, if you're lucky, you can just throw processing power and manpower at it to fix the problem. Or you, you've got, 10 months to just get the whole game done so you don't worry about it because you're worried about losing your job. Right. Granted, you know, I'm sure Team Silent was always under a similar, you know, shadow because I bet Konami was always like, I don't know, guys, you're on thin ice for this one. Right. So hard to say, but I it, it is a it is a fascinating quandary. Quandary? Quandary? Quandary, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to that thing that we've been sort of returning to repeatedly in this conversation, which is that like that question of artistic vision. Like Silent Hill has always had a really strong artistic vision. And if you were just going to hand it to someone else, it would be a problem regardless, right? Cuz yeah. they're going to have to either understand the original vision or bring their own vision to it. When you add to that the fact that you're going to be essentially rebooting the series with new, more powerful hardware like you were just talking about, you're adding in another layer of artistic vision that needs to be there. And so it's kind of like, there's no way that somebody else could have knocked this out of the park. Like, you really needed the people with the vision to at least kind of move it into the modern age, you know? Like, this project was kind of just like doomed regardless Mm -hmm. without that kind of vision and that is like the sense that i got playing this game was just that like there just wasn't a ton of that vision like there's a bunch of talented people working on it a bunch of people doing their best but like if you don't have that vision for like okay what is this supposed to be how is this supposed to work you know what's the unifying theme tying us all together it ends up just a hodgepodge and that's kind of what this game is it's a hodgepodge oh it's a major hodgepodge i mean the other problem is like this is this would have been kind of the start of horror and video games like kind of like just writer's block probably for lack of a better word like kind of the (laughs) downward slope of of horror games until it until we got like amnesia and then people started kind of sort of figuring out how to make a horror game that wasn't just like it's Resident Evil, it's this, it's one of these things that like kind of works or whatever. Right. So like they they should have just sat on the second wave for a little bit until the industry kind of caught up to things. Right. But that's not the way history unfolded, (laughs) unfortunately. So we we got this. Yeah, Um, it is. And I'm sure we'll get the medium two colon Silent Hill and it'll be a good video game. Until yeah. then, this is what you get. Yeah, it's interesting that I think the Resident Evil games, like either five or six, depending on who you ask, are kind of seen as like the doldrums or the sort of end point of classic survival horror, sort of taking a shit and dying. But like, I would argue that this is probably that, actually. <laughs> because it's like, it's so much trying to be a part of its series and it's so much trying to be a thing for people who love that classic survival horror. And it just fails so hard over and over and over that it's like oh yeah yeah, this is why we needed amnesia and then later outlast and all those kind of games to just tell people that like yeah you can do something different you know you don't have to do it this way you know yeah there's multiple ways to skin a cat in this case you 
it doesn't have to be a game that's spooky but has combat you know there's a lot of approaches or I guess you know maybe it wasn't that no one had thought of it it probably there just wasn't a market really right for that quite quite yet because I mean half the reason amnesia worked was kind of the advent of the internet really taking off yeah and just you know normies being like oh man oh this is the scariest shit I've ever seen and then YouTube people being like I'm gonna play it on the YouTube I want everyone to see me be scared yeah whatever for so sure I, you know an interesting time all of that it's absolutely crazy like you think about where Resident Evil went in the sixth generation and then into the seventh generation uh-huh. and there was, you know, obviously we found some redeeming qualities to six, but I, you know, when you look at it, four was the only like good one. Right. <laughs> like all the other Resident Evil games, whether they were, you know, qu- like just, you know, quote unquote shitty because they were just Resident Evil 4 reskins, quote unquote, unquote, unquote. Right. Like all the games after. Yeah, I guess some people don't even really like three original, like the original three. Right. You know, maybe that game was a bit divisive. But you know, the the first three Resident Evil games were pretty successful, pretty well lauded, and then like it kind of just went to shit after that. Right. And it's, I like I don't know, but people still kind of like revere that whole franchise. I'm like, it kind of went to shit. It had <laughs> one good game for like a ten year period. But yeah. people are just so fast to shit on the second wave Silent Hill games. And I'm like, I I would argue whether or not they're all objectively very good games. Those games at least got they at least had people trying to make them. Sure. And so much about Resident Evil for a long time was like <laughs> I, no one wants to make these clearly or like yeah. whoever has the good ideas. They're just not being listened to or who knows what it is. Maybe it was just Capcom. Yeah, because I guess Capcom was shitty for a while, too. They thought they could just milk everything for endless money until they couldn't. Right. The same way Konami did, but Konami found their their dollar niche somewhere else. So. Yeah, I think that story. is the big difference in the series is that Resident Evil came back, got good again, went on a victory lap. And so yeah. people have this different way to look down upon the series history and say like, oh yeah, like these are the doldrums. So like we go back and or we went back and we played Resident Evil 5 and we we're like, yeah, this game sucks pretty hard. And then we played <laughs> Resident Evil 6 and we we're like, this game actually kind of rocks, but you know, if that had been the last Resident Evil game we got and the series was totally dead in the water, it might hit a little bit different, you know? And like, I think yeah. that's why yeah. these Silent Hill games hit so different is that the series really is just like super dead. And so you're looking back on it and it's like, man, if you've played the first four games a million times already and you're just like, let me check this one out again, it's kind of like twice as depressing because you know that you can't just turn yeah. off and go play Resident Evil 8 and it rocks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? God, like, what if, baby? What if? Well, if you're me, you can download a fan recreation of PT. So there's that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even like, man, like PT is so crazy just because it's like it's a hint of something that could have been. It's not even really a full game, but it's like 
possibly one of the most beloved games associated with the series Mm -hmm. and it just shows you how like thirsty for anything that like gets silent hill people are you know what i mean and i think yeah that really is it so like like i said i you know i think origins is fine and i really like shattered memories but like i get people who don't like those games because the argument could be made that like it just doesn't get silent hill like mm-hmm. it's easy to say okay we made a town it looks foggy and run down it kind of looks like twin peaks <laughs> you know yeah. you know blah 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 but like when you actually like structure your game and you format your game and you tie everything together the question becomes like okay did you get it like did you understand what makes a silent hill game good and what makes it unique and a lot of these like later Silent Hill games just don't get that. And I think that's also another big difference between Silent Hill and Resident Evil is that like the core idea of Silent Hill is so much more complicated and nuanced and kind of like vaporous yeah, in a way. Time. Yeah, like um we just went and saw the new Resident Evil movie. And uh wait, which it, one's the, sorry, which one's the new one? I uh, don't even know what's going on. I think it's just called Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Okay, hold on. There's a TV show, right? Like a new TV show or one coming out or something? Like a Netflix thing? Uh, That's live action? Or is the movie the live action thing? Well, the movie's definitely live action. Like, okay, so the still thing that I've seen that's, um... God, what's that? Maybe this is thing I should like look up in my own time. I yeah, thought probably. that was a TV show. <laughs> like, okay, I'm like... You, you went to a theater to see a to see this like this yeah. is a movie movie yeah it's like actually like not just like a street oh uh-huh. yeah i thought this was a netflix original television no series. it's like an actual movie we're gonna record an episode about it that's probably gonna come out before this so you can listen to that Damn. okay crazy <laughs> all right now i know uh, say no more fam yeah but so I'm like go see well i can't i'm going to the hospital Monday, right. so i guess yeah. i can't go see it <laughs> <laughs> shit but um fuck but yeah like that movie is really good and I was thinking about it and okay. it's be- because like the core idea of Resident Evil, like putting aside the lore and the story, which they handle really well. The core idea of it is just that <clears throat> being in a small place with a fuck ton of zombies would be scary. If they all piled on top of you, that would be yeah. really scary. And if you had a gun to shoot them all, that would be sick. <laughs> So like, but then you run out of bullets and it's scary. It's scary again. Yeah. So it's like the core idea of Resident Evil is not exactly like, you know, Nietzsche, right? Like it's not oh, exactly yeah, yeah. complex, but like the core idea of Silent Hill is actually super complex where it's supposed to be this like, or maybe not complex. It's, it's hard to know. It's more metaphorical. There's more interpretation that can be done. It's a little more esoteric and not just zombie scary. Yeah. Town on fire. Scary. You know, like monster scary. Like, yeah, yeah, of course that, that is, that's the fun side of horror. This attempts to be the more cerebral side of horror. So they're just, they are in different worlds by definition. Right. And so like with Silent Hill, you're tasked with making something that is wistful, melancholy, nostalgic. It's also creepy, Mm -hmm. unsettling, surreal. Those aren't easy things, right? Those aren't like the same tags you apply to an action movie, which is like exciting, fun, like things like that. Yeah, and it, 
It tries, but it like it also tries to keep some of the action movie shit. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's like between having a little too much of that and it's not really nailing the like mood of the other ends, it does just fall short. Yeah. By the end of the game, it, it basically like totally falls apart. Cause like assuming that you've gotten through the doo doo combat and you're just sticking with the game <laughs> and whatever. Doo doo. Uh, yes. Uh, Doo-doo is doo-doo. If you're sticking with the game, towards the end, you actually get to like completely unravel the narrative and figure it out. And it is such a total mess. And to me, it's something that feels like super out of place within Silent Hill. And it's not because they didn't incorporate things from the movie and from other games. It's actually because they took too many things and threw them all in and just like set it to high heat. And it was like, this will be fine. You know what I mean? Like this will turn out, this will make soup. And it's like, no, you made weird, like hot dog water. Like that's what you made. And it's not good. But yeah, so like the way that the story goes is really, really bizarre. I just kind of want to talk about it in brief because it's like so insane. But basically the setup of the game is you are this guy, Alex Shepard he goes home to his hometown. It's a homecoming, you know, like mm-hmm. it's in the title, roll the credits. But uh, he goes to his hometown. Everybody's gone. Everything is weird. It kind of looks like Silent Hill. Uh, you know, it even transforms like Silent Hill in the movie. He's obviously seen the movie and he's like, wow, this man, is- you left out the part where the guy from Silent Hill Origins drops him off. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The trucker from Silent Hill Origins pops <laughs> up for a second, which is kind of oh, fun. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah, I got to respect yeah. it. It's definitely cute. But uh, yeah, so like he goes home. Everything is exactly like the Silent Hill movie. And then he <laughs> starts to think that maybe he's in the middle of a weird conspiracy with the people who run the town. He eventually actually goes explicitly to Silent Hill. You find out that the town they live in is like next door to Silent Hill. And there's a connection between the two. And yeah, so after that, we start to dig more into his backstory, which is basically that he has a super abusive father, just treated him like shit. His dad was like yeah, a military. I can figure that out immediately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just from his bedroom with the like be a soldier posters. Um, oh yeah, the amount of like that shit, but then like no one is happy to see him ever. Yeah. Despite, <laughs> despite the fact that he clearly did what his parents wanted him to do, it was like, I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. No no wonder what's it Sean, Jason, what's the little kid's name? Jace. Oh uh, ran off from Josh? Home. Press press X to Josh, yeah. <laughs> I can't see we made so many jokes about it being Jason because of heavy rain that I can't remember if it's <laughs> yeah. actually Jason or if it's Josh. But yeah, I so I kinda left that part out that he Josh. returns home because he is looking for his brother and he keeps seeing these ghostly visions of his brother, but he's convinced that his brother is alive and he has to find him, right? Um, it's very weird and confusing because the view, I think the viewer's first instinct is like, oh, he's dead, right? But then he's like, no, he's alive. I got to save him. Um, you know, spoiler alert, he's fucking dead. He's like super <laughs> dead. So it's a weird that the game is just like tells you right away. That's like, yeah, this, this motherfucker's dead. And instead makes you go around going, Jason, Jason for like 10 hours or some shit. But I mean, um, yeah, if I had a little brother and every time I saw him, he was like, yeah, and just ran away. I'd be like, I, I I'm dead. I died. I'm in hell or something. <laughs> well, listen, one of us is fucking dead. Okay. Like for sure. Um, 
But yeah, so you start to dip into the backstory. He had this super abusive dad. His dad's a piece of shit. He hates his dad. But then you also get the backstory of the town, which is that the town is part of this larger cult called the order which is i believe straight out of the movie like it's literally just what it's called in the movie um yeah which is all a play on some of the like notes and backstory of you know prior games there's some amount of that but the game the old games never they don't ever like straight up like main story deal with any of that right that's all just yeah secret town history stuff yeah, it's just explicit in a way that it just doesn't serve the story. But mm. so they explain to you that Shepherd's Glen, which is the town that Alex is from, actually is like a splinter cell, if you will. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's separated. Dude, imagine if you were Sam Fisher in Shepherd's Glen. You would have no problem with the monsters. Oh, yeah, dude. You that, could just climb on a pipe above them and hide. They would never know you're there. The game is 10 minutes long. <laughs> you just <laughs> wait for all the monsters to walk past you and just run to the end. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it turns out that Shepherd's Glen was started by a splinter cell that splintered off from the main cult uh, to live their own way because they didn't agree with the cult for some reason. And the I'm way I'm going to leave this cult and start my own cult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they still worship essentially the devil and the way that they maintain the safety of their town like from the devil slash the cult is that they have to sacrifice one of their children every once in a while i think it's like every generation or something like 50 years or something they have to like sacrifice yeah, no rush. A just yeah. like when you feel compelled just give me a child you know yeah exactly uh but so alex's dad was supposed to sacrifice one of his children he chose to sacrifice alex's brother and spare alex but his idea of protecting alex was that he was just going to like viciously abuse him his whole life so that he would just like leave i think (coughs) instead of just like i don't know putting him up for adoption or something he was just like oh let me just like Hmm. abuse you Um, i don't yeah i don't i don't know what they were going for there honestly yeah that's yeah Hard to say. No, and no. I'm not sure does. what they fe- what they saw in the prior games that they were like. I've got a great idea, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it was probably just the poorly written assault subplot from two. They were like, oh, they like yeah. abuse in these games. Let's just, uh, you know. Yeah. What if we did some abuse? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but it actually gets even weirder because then you get into the final twist of the game like we're, we're just they're hitting you with twist after twist they're also hitting you with all these eli roth style torture scenes that's sometimes how you mm. find out this information it's super weird and confusing and dumb but then at the end they hit you with the last twist which is that you actually accidentally killed your brother josh jason press x to jason whatever his name is it's josh i looked it up okay so jason you accidentally killed your brother jason and uh like you don't even listen to me oh i no i i heard you you said (laughs) you had you said jason right you just said that we all heard no i said josh everybody heard that i mean they'll back me up it's on mike you'll you know you'll you're gonna you're gonna be punching yourself in the noggin <laughs> once you go back and listen to the tapes, baby. Listeners, send me a message of support um, because I'm right. Anyway, oh, so you accidentally don't believe his lies. <laughs> uh, don't believe me, just watch. Um, so it actually turns out that you accidentally killed your brother, and because of that, the town fell mm-hmm. into 
horrible Silent Hill ruin. After you accidentally killed your brother, you went to a mental hospital. While in the mental hospital, you came up with a fake backstory that you're a soldier, decided to wear your father's army jacket and dog tags, and go back home to look for your brother. Um, um, why couldn't they just sacrifice another child? Why'd it have to be him? I why why wouldn't they sacrifice Alex? I mean, he acted like a child. Just throw his ass in the <laughs> hole. I don't know. Let the yeah. devil eat him. There's so many questions with this story, but the main question to me in my mind was like, how did you guys think this was gonna all tie together? Because it's like a personal story plus a weird conspiracy plus a cult story plus a Shutter Island twist that you're yeah. crazy plus like it's so weird and disjointed and I think that even the most complicated Silent Hill narrative which up until that point was uh, Silent Hill 3 does not have that level of just like everything in the kitchen sink like they didn't just throw every plot in there like yes it gets more into the confusing lore and backstory but it's not like that you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't... That... That sounds a lot like they... They tried to take a little piece of every single Silent Hill game and cram and it into a story. Yeah, yeah, like they just... They just tried to do too much for fear of not doing enough and having everyone be like, oh, the story's no good. Like, it yeah. sounds like they just threw everything that, that they could at it in yeah. hopes of making it like go like whoa because <laughs> yeah. if you just make like a really straightforward narrative everyone's gonna shit on it because well you know I don't know I'd argue that a lot of the narrative in Silent Hill games is pretty straightforward there's just right. like a certain amount of like side character interaction that makes everything kind of a, a li- like a little irreverent a little esoteric like yeah just just a little dash of all that to make it kind of weird but you're dealing with a pretty straightforward story Right. And, you know, I, that's just, yeah, who knows? Like, again, I'm sure it was just a matter of like a little inexperience, a little pressure from somebody outside the dev team, this and that. You end up with like, maybe someone wrote a really compelling script for this game and they're like, we can't, I don't know how to make this work. Yeah. Within like the, the framework that we've started to make. So who fucking knows? Yeah. Like, all that stuff could probably work with the right amount of like explanation yeah. but like there's kind of a lack of that well I mean I think you'd have to make a much longer game to really explain all of that shit yeah. so you'd be better off like tossing a couple things and focusing it a bit but because the game doesn't really have like compelling side characters which is no a problem there are characters and I'd say that sometimes like I you can either tell they were chasing the like stilted voice acting Twin Peaksy vibe and sometimes I'd say they kind of nailed it but everyone's too busy being mad at how bad the game is to like pay attention to like like I thought the mayor character was like this dude is a Silent Hill character. Yeah. This is the one voice actor that kind of like he understood the assignment. Yeah. Everyone else, sure. not so much. Like, the mom is just like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, who who did you find on, like, MySpace to, like, do this character? This is bad. Yeah. But once sure. I, like, got to, to the mayor guy, I was like, you know what? 
they tried. They, they <laughs> sure did give it a shot. Yeah, for sure. I think it it does get back to that. Yeah, like they didn't understand the core of what makes a Silent Hill game unique and good. So they uh, they threw in just a little bit of everything. Every game plus the movie got it shot, extra dose of the movie, and then you just kind of mix it all together and you're like, "Well, that's a Silent Hill." Like and that just sucks to me because like the thing that makes all of those different stories effective is that they are very focused. So like the, you know, and like I've been making jokes about it on the Patreon where like whenever I make those playlists that are based on the music of Silent Hill, I title them what the aim of the game is. So like the mm-hmm. first game is where's my daughter? Second game is where's my <laughs> wife? The third game is where's my dad? Uh the fourth game is where's my neighbor? <laughs> And it's like the movie is also where's my daughter and like sure they all are these focused stories they take place within a larger like much more horrifying kind of cosmic horror world but you only ever get little bits and pieces of it like each game really only has one maybe two kind of otherworldly figures like haunting it but they're not ever like the focus of the game the focus is the characters and what they want out of returning to silent hill so when you come to this story it's like well there's no focus there's so much lore there's so much backstory huge world a character that's like complicated but also not very interesting and you just end up with this like huge mess i agree with what you said though like if they had tried to do much more of like a larger epic tale that was much longer like longer you could actually go on that journey with the character and maybe get to the end of it and some of those beats land but Mm -hmm. also once again like i think that was also it's funny the first time i found all those comments and interviews with people who wrote the game like really gassing themselves up when it's like i mean the writing in this game is not like good it's not bad but it's also (laughs) it's just kind of like there like the thought of spending more time with this game and with these characters sounds excruciating to me so it's kind of like oh yeah a longer version of this game not would not be good yeah, <laughs> I just mean like in a in a in a in a perfect world where this yeah. game is a lot more what you want it to be. If if the story were to stay what it is, you yeah, could probably really really ring the whole thing out over like a longer game or yeah. maybe like a restructured game. Like you take out like I I mean I guess having the overworld is kind of a core component, but you can make an argument I think for a more linear Silent Hill game. Which yeah. I wouldn't say three was more linear, but it it was a little more like set PC, I guess, compared to the other games. Yeah. Or I guess four maybe is a lot more of that where like you're in you I guess you can go back to some places sometimes, but you like you have you have a tiny hub where you then go to like levels essentially. Yeah. For so sure. So there's you know, there's there's precedent for we've dropped the overworld and Yeah. It's just kind of a a more focused narrative experience, but well, and that's maybe we'll get that someday. Yeah, that's something that's really frustrating too. Is that like I've said on this show before that like it's a bummer that the Silent Hill series didn't continue because there is like a built-in mechanic where they could just keep making little uh, self-contained stories, right? Because it's like Mm -hmm. people go to Silent Hill and they have their little adventures or whatever misadventures, I guess. And they don't have to be connected to a larger lore. Like you can put in things like Pyramid Head and Silent Hill 2 that later become part 
of a larger lore. But within that game, you're not like, you know, looking for the book or the note that tells you the origin story of Pyramid Head. You don't care. Mm-hmm. He's just cool and he's there. And you're like, okay, cool. But I think that it's a bummer that nobody ran with that. And especially because like in one of those interviews with the series producer, Tom Hewlett, that I found, he was saying that he was like, I would have liked to make more games that were little standalone stories. And it doesn't seem like they ever really did that. I mean, maybe Downpour. I haven't actually played Downpour. I still need to figure out how. But like, well, you, Silent Hill Downpour is expensive as fuck. I, yeah. People are proud of that goddamn game for some reason. It's like fifty dollars or more for a copy yeah. of that game. Oh god! And dude, PS3 emulation is such a joke. Like, oh my god! I think 360 yeah. emulation might be a little better. So there is, there's yeah. hope for that at least. I tried so hard to do the PS3 emulation thing. I even did a like a bonus episode about it with Shadows of the Damned. Yeah. It's it sucks. Not, not I, good. I've tried yeah. like ten different games now. It was all horrible and it sucks. Everyone who says it's viable is lying or a sociopath <laughs> who doesn't care that the audio sounds like a helicopter is like playing it back. Like, no, thank you. It's fucking horrible. Uh, yeah, I had a super frustrating time with this game because I tried to emulate it and that didn't work. And then I played the PC port. The PC port is like deadly premonition levels of broken. Uh, there are dozens of different patches you can try and mix and match, which is what I did. And you can maybe play mm-hmm. like half of the game with that issue, but uh, you're going to run into issues and it's horrible. Yeah, I had yeah. some issues. Yeah, it's but mostly yeah. got it to work. Kind of. It's a bummer just because like whatever you think about these games, it would be cool just to be able to have them and and play them. I mean, I guess maybe they're backwards compatible with the like Xbox program, but like, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's as long mess. as you, as long as you have an Xbox, what has a disc drive? Yeah. Um, like, you, you should be able to play the silent hill games that are on 360. Yeah. If you go and buy the, the disc copy and it's just not, it's not viable in my eyes. And that's a bummer. Cause like, you know, once again, Regardless of what you think, I think these games should be playable. Uh, but yeah, this game is also not really worth playing. <laughs> I mean, hey, Blood Rain one and two got like full on like remaster treatment like a year ago. <laughs> sure, just out of the blue. So who's to say that these don't get bought? Or well, I guess Downpour wasn't even on PC, but this one is. And who's to say someone doesn't? Just be like, hey, let's just like doll this up a little bit and we can charge $10 for it and maybe some people will buy it. Yeah, for sure. Like it just kind of just needs to be like a serviceable port because it it still looks okay for what yeah. it is. Like the main problem is yeah. it just doesn't, the, the audio issues and the all the bugs, etc. Yeah. So Lots iron of, that shit out yeah. and you know, it's... You could do worse. There are so many worse horror games on Steam and in general. Oh, yeah. Like, certainly not the worst video game ever made. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it has lots of bugs and crashes, which are the big issues. But, like, when you actually get it running smooth and, like, I had all the options on the PC port, like, cranked, it looks really good. Like, it's actually yeah. held up pretty well. And, like, a PC port that actually ran or like a re-release on a modern console that actually ran well would be mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like I think it would it would actually hold up pretty well. Well, that reminds me of something I want to talk about earlier with the point you brought up. Like I my whole argument for why this game isn't like an absolute waste of your time if you want to play it 
is that it is somewhat of a decent like glimpse at what could have been in the modern day or relatively modern day for the franchise. Sure. Because it kind of, it, it is in a weird way, like it's open world feels a l- slightly more like proto mono genre game. Yeah. And, like, and you know, you're seeing a lot of this stuff with like just better visuals. Um, <laughs> I guess better voice acting is, yeah. you know, that's a, that is a fraught conversation. Um, yeah. But, you know, you're you're seeing the the uh, Silent Hill game with more more production value, quote unquote, kind of tossed at it, and the idea of like a because like the hub worlds or like the town setting in one and two particularly, like they they are open world, but they almost just feel like levels. Yeah, for like sure. you're never you can't really go. Yeah, I, like when you go somewhere, it kind of just feels like you're going to the same place you already went to. You just have to yeah. go to the other side of town. Like all the buildings look the same. You know, like it, it, it never felt like something you could like anytime I tried to explore it, nothing really happened. You just got a lot of canned lines. If you could even interact with something in the world. Yeah, for sure. So like seeing something that was like, well, we kind of tried to design a unique town ish. And going to the different parts of it, even though everything is psychotically too large. Uh (laughs) Like, you can, playing it, you can imagine what it would be like if you were, maybe if you were, like, in the movie. Like, if you just had a game that looked that good and you're just plopped in an actual town where you can just walk into a, you can do the Resident Evil thing where you walk into the gun store or whatever, you know. Like, you can go interact with everything and maybe some of it's relevant, some of it's not pull on some threads and stuff like that would yeah. probably be super cool. And yeah. So playing it, it at least triggers like one little bit of serotonin that you would get from playing the real thing. Right. So it's at least kind of novel for that, for, for that opportunity. Sure. Yeah. But if, if you're, if you're running up against, well, I have to buy a whole console to play this, or I have to pay whatever insane price someone's asking for a physical copy, or I maybe even trying to get the PC port to work just you feel like isn't worth your time. Yeah, because I think for some crazy ass reason they still try to get like more than ten dollars for this game. Yeah, I think got, I saw yeah. it on sale on Humble Bundle for like nine dollars, which is psychotic. Don't yeah. pay nine dollars for this game. Don't do that. I think I found I somehow managed to get it for like three bucks somewhere on sale. Yeah, but like, do whatever you got to do. Go to fucking G two A and buy a key if it's a dollar. <laughs> like, yeah. don't don't give Konami money. Don't pay too much for it. Pirate it if you have to. Yeah, like, not yeah. maybe not worth money or time depending on who you are, but. Yeah, I think I think there's kind of enough serviceable aspects that if like there's just worse things you can do. I said it last episode I was on. People waste their time on some hot bullshit. So (laughs) I think I I think there's enough there that you can at least like try it. Yeah. For a few bucks and some of your time, you can give it a shot and see how you feel yeah instead of just taking it at face value on reddit that it's like a dog shit video game because 
No one's looking for their dead wife and <laughs> pyramid head is because James is horny and all that stupid bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> try something for yourself and form an opinion. Yeah, for sure. I think my... I agree with everything you said and I think in the the hypothetical world where you could just turn on the game and play it I would definitely be like yeah I agree with everything you said but I also I got the PC port for like three dollars and it took me so long to get it even just running and I also played the intro to this game three times over (laughs) so by the end of that I was just like yeah this is super not worth it but yeah if you had a 360 laying around and and you could play the game or you could get get it going in some form or another then i agree i agree with everything you said if they ever come out with a an updated version that isn't a garbage fire on pc it would totally be worth just putzing around with and being like okay so this is where they went next you know so yeah i mean also worth noting i think the ps3 version is kind of like the worst offender well no i mean the pc one's the worst but the ps3 out of the console versions is i think just like not like if you have somehow have, if you still have a ps3 and a 360 and you want to play it i would i would go the 360 route just to play it safe but yeah yeah definitely sure. don't try to run the ps3 version in the ps3 emulator don't, oh. that, that sounds <laughs> i did it that I, sounds way worse than downloading two things to make the pc version work like yeah I no 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 i did it and it sucks <laughs> don't be like me 